Digital Marketing Radio, episode 88, Personal Branding Strategy. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Chris Ducker's in the house. Welcome, Chris. Um, How's sunny Philippines today? It's good. Uh, have you got like a bunch of twelve-year-olds hanging out with you there? <laughs> I wasn't going to say like uh, a kids' TV show thing. It was like Tiz was. It abs- absolutely. So you remember that as well, then, yeah? <laughs> oh, good guy. I'm showing my age now. I'm, my age. <laughs> I'm more of a fan of No Edmonds, I think, in the morning. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What was it? Knowles. Oh, house party. S- that was Saturday. Saturday night. swap shop, I think. Saturday morning swap shop with Noel Edmonds. Good God, we are going back a few days, a few years now, aren't we? Eh? Absolutely. So, what can I get you as a virtual beverage today? Virtual beverage of choice. Let's let's think. Um, I think I'll go with a a nice, cool, very long island iced tea. If that's possible. Island iced tea. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get pour your drink here. There we go. <laughs> Love it. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, if you're sitting comfortably, um, well, let's begin. Yes. I'm bracing myself. Let's do it. The big interview with David Bain. Okay, well, in 2009, Chris was working 14 hours a day, six days a week. Fast forward a few years and he's totally changed his life and his business. He's author of the number one bestseller on Amazon, Virtual Freedom, and he's host of the new business podcast. You can find him over at chrisducker.com. Now, Chris is obviously an expert in outsourcing, and if you want to know more about that, you can check out his book, Virtual Freedom. But um, I don't want to focus on that because I'm curious about what Chris um, is doing with his personal brand. So he used to write a, a blog called Virtual Business Lifestyle, but he shut that down to focus on chrisducker.com, and I'm really intrigued by that. So, Chris, what's the reasoning behind that? God, it's a real can of worms you've opened there i've got to be honest it was um there was a few reasons behind making the change and i made the change now mid 2012 uh, late mid to late 2012 it was august september i can't remember exactly but um i made the change mainly because i had i honestly i'd gotten bored talking about the whole kind of lifestyle design thing uh, which was what I was focusing in on. You know, I started Virtual Business Lifestyle as a blog to chart my own journey in 2010 to becoming a virtual CEO and ultimately replacing and removing myself from my business. And by the end of that year, you know, it was very clear that people loved the content and I had a podcast started and all the rest of it. And it was great. But I had, I, I'd already begun a little bit getting a little bit tired of, of talking about the whole lifestyle design thing. Um, but I carried on with it because the brand was already built. And I think a lot of people online do this when they've worked hard for a year or two to build up a brand and it's got some sort of traction, they're, they're reluctant to let go of it because it's been built. Uh, and I was very much in that particular camp. Um, so I carry on going for another year all the way through to the end of 2011 and then we go into 2012 and I'm still a little bored, still a little jaded about the whole thing. And I sat down actually with my good friend Corbett Barr and um, when I was over in uh, San Francisco, we had a tea together and I let him know how I was feeling. And he sort of he didn't quite know what he was doing at the time, but he was actually coaching me through coming to the final decision of making the move to my personal brand. Um, and, and that was a brand, I want to say, that, that had already come out of virtual business lifestyle. It, it was the Chris Ducker blog. Everybody knew that. Um, it was just a name 
ultimately. Mm. And so, you know, the 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 decision was made to um, to transfer it over to ChrisDucker.com. The entire archive is over at ChrisDucker.com. There's 500 plus blog posts on there now. Um, and and you know, I'm glad I did it. And and the main reason why I'm glad I did it, and and this is something that I don't talk about a lot, but when I started Virtual Business Lifestyle, yes, I, I did it to sort of chart the course for other fellow entrepreneurs in regards to taking myself out of the business. But I was always quite caged in regards to being the real Chris on that blog. Because, you know, I have a very corporate business with with the Lift to Sell group, which is still up and running and doing great business. We've got 280 employees. Um, and, you know, our clients are corporate clients, very, very big clients, multi-million dollar clients. And I was always a little concerned or worried and, and you know, a little bit, a little bit sort of scared, I think probably the right word uh, would be to, you know, of, of saying something on the blog or on the podcast and then upsetting one of my corporate clients and losing a big chunk of change. Um, and so, you know, by switching over to ChrisDucker.com, I can truly be the real Chris all the time. And that was the one thing I didn't quite know what else I was going to do when I made the move over to ChrisDucker.com. But one thing I did know is that I was going to be me, the real me, all the time and I've been very true to that. And do you think the main reason that you made that move was to actually embrace the personal brand or to move away from a brand that you felt that pigeonholed you into a certain niche? Probably a mix of both, if I'm to be honest. Probably a mix a mix of both. I, I, I don't I don't worry about being involved in one particular niche or niche. Um, you know, I, I, that doesn't that doesn't bother me so much. I mean, I'm known as the the virtual assistant guy. I'm known as the delegation guy, the productivity guy, whatever you want to call it. And I guess I'll never probably uh, shake that completely. However, uh, my brand now is focused more on you know just helping entrepreneurs find their way. That's what I say all the time, and that could mean delegating and becoming a smarter business owner and some who is running a business or it could be helping entrepreneurs become full-time entrepreneurs you know so that's my kind of my major focus now but obviously virtual teams and delegation and and smart management is a big big part of that but I think it was probably a mix of the two okay and, and what about the whole process of reinventing a personal brand is that different um, to actually building a corporate brand, building a business brand? Um, are there certain aspects to building a personal brand that um, um, you can perhaps give a, a couple of tips to? I think it's, I wouldn't necessarily call it different. I think. I mean, it's, it's easier, I think. Right. I think it's way easier to develop a personal brand than it is a corporate brand because the corporate brand, there's so many things you've got to, consider and you know everything from your prospective customers down to uh you know suppliers to people who are working for you let's not forget culprit culture and things like that in there as well um and you know honestly i think it's way easier to develop a personal brand way way easier indeed because it's all about you and your experience and your stories and your missions and your values and what your focus is your culture as an entrepreneur or an expert in whatever field you're an expert in, uh, and generally what you want your message to be. 
Um, and that's the good thing about it. You know, reinventing the brand was fun. It was enjoyable. It, it opened up conversations. It allowed me to converse with my already current readers in a way that would then enable me to be able to develop a plan of attack to be able to build that readership up with the people that I really truly wanted to have on board as an audience. So I think personal branding is, is an easier process to go through than, than it comes to actually building more of a corporate or business brand. So when you're building a personal brand, do you actually have to, or is it a good idea to have an elevator pitch for that brand so you can concisely say what that brand is about? I think it's, I mean, it's inevitable. I think you've got to have it. Um, you've, you've got, whether it just be a one line, you know, subtitle on your blog or whether it be something on your about page, people have to know what they're getting into. You know what I mean? They've got to know what you're looking to offer them what problems you're going to be solving for them um, and so yeah I think it's incredibly important to have something very clearly mapped out um, but you know whether that's you know I, I, I remember when I launched ChrisDucker.com I actually put together the new business manifesto uh, which was uh, uh, an image it was like an infographic that I put together and you know it's, it's actually framed and hung on my wall here in my home office. I'm looking at it right now. And here we are, two and a half years later, I'm still preaching the same stuff. It's mm -hmm. still evergreen. It's still quality, uh, a quality vision to help other entrepreneurs find their ways. So I think, yeah, you need to have something. People need to know what you're about and how you're going to help them ultimately. So if I was to describe you to someone that's I'm afraid it's never heard of you, <laughs> um, but I'm sure there's not many people like that. But um, um, if I was to describe you in a, in a sentence or two. You flatter <laughs> you, Dave, such a flatterer. <laughs> How would you prefer to be described? Well, I always say that your brand is what people say about you when you're not around. I say that all the time. And that's answering that question right there. I want people, when people talk about me when I'm not around, I want them to say that I'm a, a true entrepreneur's entrepreneur, that I get it, regardless of what level of success I've had, that I get it. I've been in the trenches, I've bootstrapped, I've failed, and I've been successful in my business ventures. But ultimately, I want people to say that, you know, this is the guy that can help you bring a little calm to the entrepreneurial storm. He will help you learn and put into action how you should be running your business in a smart way without spinning your wheels. That's ultimately what I want people to know uh, that I do. Now, if I search um, Google for Chris Ducker, obviously um, the, the, the first page certainly is, 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 is a lot of brand properties that you've created. Um, I assume that something, that's something that you've done by intention. Yes. I mean, some of them will happen. I mean, yes, still very intentional, but some of them will happen very easily and almost without any real effort on your part at all. For example, a Google Plus profile is going to get listed on the front page of Google, plain and simple. Um, uh, you know, a, a Twitter uh, profile will get listed there if you tweet regularly. Um, your blog, obviously, particularly if your domain name is going to match your, your personal name, you know, that sort of type of thing. But there are other things that have happened without me even expecting them. For example, a Wikipedia page just appeared. Everybody wants to have a Wikipedia page because it's tough 
to beat Wikipedia from an SEO perspective. Mm. Um, and when I found out somebody created a Wikipedia page about me, I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And, you know, once it's created, you can then go in and, and update it yourself and you can utilize it. You know, I know, I know actors, stuntmen uh, from back in my, my Hong Kong movie days from many, many years ago when I used to work with the Hong Kong film industry. I know guys uh, that, you know, that have, you know, profiles on the, the Internet Movie Database site. And, um, you know, IMDb is the biggest movie website on the Internet. It's been around for decades. And, you know, if you're an actor or, or anything to do with, the, you know, the, the industry, you can go in there and you can update your profile over and over and over again with all the work you're doing. So Wikipedia is a big one. Uh, that's the business equivalent in my mind. Um, and, yeah, and then there's other things that, you know, you're always going to get. If you can get any kind of press on mainstream sites like, you know, for in the business world, we're looking at things like, you know, Inc.com, Entrepreneur.com, Forbes.com. Business Insider, Huffington Post, and I've been lucky to be featured on all of those sites several times, those things will naturally start to get ranked as well because they're big indexes, they're big sites. And what if a consultant is listening to this podcast and um, they're thinking, well, at the moment I've got a blog and a website um, that's very niche specific. It um, has a domain name that actually tells people specifically what I do in terms of, of a service. But I may want to change that service at some point in the future. And they're a little bit concerned about being boxed in by that. Do you think that now is a perhaps a good time to actually consider changing to a personal brand instead? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, it's 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 never a, if you've already got a a platform that's built in some capacity, it's never a perfect time. It's never a good time to switch um, based on nothing but you know Google traffic, right? It, it's not a good it's not a good situation to be in. But you know the 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 focus should not necessarily be on what you're going to lose in regards to that traffic, but more so on what you're going to gain from being more specific about what you're doing um, and where you want to take the brand in general. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with pivoting. You know, that's, that's the business world. I've made several pivots in my career. Um, some of them have been because I wanted to make those pivots, just for example, going from virtual business lifestyle to chrisducker.com. I wanted to do that. I didn't need to do it, but I wanted to do it. And then you might get forced into a pivot where you don't have any choice, whether you're going to lose money, you're going to lose clients, you're going to, you know, something happens business-wise and you've got to make that pivot. Pivots are absolutely inevitable. Um, and I think it's better to face them head on and, and handle them swiftly and quickly rather than let them drag out just because of what you may or may not end up losing. Okay, I guess what you're saying is um, it's not absolutely essential to move, but the key thing is um, even if you use um, another brand, a business brand, um, to actually push you forward as an individual, um, you need to make sure that you're the face of that business and you're building your own personal authority at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, 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 just because you change, you know, your focus from what you're going to be talking about on the site, it doesn't, yeah, like you said, Clearly, it, it doesn't matter too much. Um, what really is important is that, you know, you let your current readers know or your listeners know that the change is coming, what the change will, will you know, inevitably lead to, why you're making those decisions. And I think, you know, nine times out of ten, I ain't going to make a big deal to your core uh, fans. Um, but going forward, you just got to be very, very careful and, and be very um, intentional in the way that you actually 
you know, position yourself. But I believe that every entrepreneur, regardless of what they're doing, what niche they're in, what focus they have from a business perspective, what companies they're involved with, doesn't matter. I believe every single entrepreneur should have their own domain name website up and running and be blogging or podcasting on a regular basis because it's your identity. And you look at guys like Michael Hyatt, people like Amy Porterfield. You know, Amy Porterfield, um, you know, used to be nothing but Facebook. And, you know, I used to call her the queen of social. But now she talks about not just Facebook, but social. And now she talks about building lists and conversions and creating online businesses. But it's all at amyporterfield.com. Michael Hyatt used to do a lot of leadership stuff. Then he switched over to platform because he was, you know, promoting his New York Times bestselling book, which is amazing, by the way. If you guys listening in, should pick it up. Um, and, you know, but, but now, you know, recently he's been talking a lot about goal setting and, and, you know, getting yourself in the right mindset as an entrepreneur. You know, it's all relevant to your audience and having it all on your own domain name means that you can come and go whatever you want to focus on and no one can really say anything. Well, I think that's a great way to segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Marketing success. I don't know about marketing, but let's talk about just running the business. And that would be the Google App Suite. Uh, We'd be dead. It would hurt us immediately. All of our Gmail, all of our Google Calendar, um, you know, Google Docs, Drive, it, it would absolutely hurt us ridiculously um, instantly as well because of the email and the calendar. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, Gmail Calendar went down or Google Calendar went down for about three or four hours and it was a complete catastrophe. I mean, it, Twitter lit up. It was a nightmare. Um, and, you know, luckily we haven't had that situation since and hopefully we don't in the future so google apps for sure it would hurt us um from a marketing perspective i mean i personally use buffer buffer app quite a bit um for making sure because i have a pretty good following on twitter 38 odd thousand uh followers i think on twitter and um it's always growing and twitter is my favorite it is without a doubt my favorite social media platform uh people know that they can tweet me and they will always get a reply from me within a good period of time, like 24 hours, if not shorter, because I like Twitter. It's quick and easy and it's mobile and it's easy to manage. Um, So, you know, Buffer app for me allows me as I'm, you know, cruising around the web, looking at what I'm looking at and, you know, consuming the content I'm consuming, it allows me to just slam stuff into that stream that I believe my audience will be interested in, not just my own stuff, uh, which I do promote via Buffer as well, but also other people's content too because it's, uh, you know, I think it's impossible to have a good balance between the two. So Buffer, if Buffer was to fold, I'm sure I'd find some other way, but I love Buffer and I, I hope they don't disappear anytime soon. I'm with you on that certainly as well. That's um, a tool that I use on a regular basis, and um, it's just so nice to use because a lot of tools, so simple, yeah, so easy. A, a, a lot of tools are just a, a labor to use. You know, they're, they're not fun, but um, that's a tool that's just simple and easy and fun to use. So it, it makes you use it more often as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, here's a slightly more challenging question: What software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? So. I am trying it, and I've heard about it over and over and over again, and I didn't pull the plug for many, many reasons, but 
mainly because Infusionsoft is called Confusionsoft <laughs> uh, quite regularly. And I don't like to get very confused. I like to keep things nice and simple and easy. Um, but as my online businesses have grown over the last five years of being active on the internet, um, I have, you know, I've, I've had to change the way that I'm looking at running those businesses, and particularly the marketing, the conversions, the upselling, the downselling, the cross-selling, and everything that goes along with that, uh, and, and simply just managing my tribe, making sure I'm creating what they want and what they need from me. Um, because I, that, I believe, is our, it's, it's what we should focus on. That is our, our, our main um, you know, keeper of cash for us as online marketers is our audience. And you've got to serve your audience and, and you know, provide the solutions to the problems that they need taken care of. So I did switch over to Infusionsoft recently. And uh, within an hour and a half of playing around with it, I discovered that I wasn't going to have any of it. And uh, I palmed off the entire project to a certified Infusionsoft consultant, which I'm very happy to pay to handle the build out of funnels and campaigns and all the rest of it because my time uh, and as you know I'm a big proponent of investing my time as wise as I can um, you know my time is not worth being stuck in Infusionsoft with a big learning curve quite frankly um, and uh, trying to understand how to set up all these funnels and campaigns and whatnot but I understand the importance of it and that's why I made the move and uh, yeah keep my fingers crossed it all works well we're looking at rolling everything out in about two weeks from now Interesting. It's certainly an intriguing place, um, inbound marketing and that general lead nurturing environment, because yeah. um, the gap between a standalone piece of um, email marketing software and a sale um, is significant. And a, a lot of businesses don't really understand what's going on in there. And uh, a piece of sure. software like Infusionsoft can obviously fill that a little bit. It's huge. I mean, just the the combination of an email marketing to CRM to shopping cart. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a big learning curve there. Um, and you've got to, you've got to come up with the, you know, you've got to come up with, 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 with the answer of, do I want to learn it? Is it worth me learning it? Or should I get someone else to handle it for me? Um, and that's what I've decided to do, but I appreciate what, I mean, you can get ninja. I mean, you go full blown ninja with that thing when it comes to, you know, building out your, uh, your marketing, uh, campaigns and whatnot. So, we're excited about it. Um, I just didn't want to have any more headaches or nosebleeds over it. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> it's <no>. simple as that. <laughs> I, I think in the world of digital marketing in general, you have to know what your focus is and just do that really well. Because you know, years ago, maybe ten years ago or so, you could just call it internet marketing and. Um, Everything that you did online, it wasn't that much, and um, it was it was simply a matter of um, um, getting a website ranked, and um, uh, even social networking didn't exist back there. But uh, fast forward ten years, there's so much going on, and you can't possibly be great at doing everything now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, particularly with branding, you know, but branding, you know, uh, Seth Godin talked about it in in his book Purple Cow, where talks about, you know, if you were to drive down the road and, you know, you were going through, you know, one, you know, field full of cows after another, you would get boring after a while. And that's, you know, that's branding in general, that's business in general. But then you go past the field where there's one purple cow that's standing out. You'd remember that purple cow. You'd talk about that purple cow. You, you know, you want to know more about that purple cow. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, just personal branding in general it should be designed to ultimately be different, to differentiate you 
as a cow and what you're all about from all the other cattle out there, right? Um, and you know, and 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 even if the rest of those cows look amazing uh, and and they're doing great things, just by differentiating yourself a little bit, um, it can mean big big difference between massive success or just mediocre success. You know. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back at the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? You know, we, I, I've been in business for a long time and we always had websites um, for, our, for our businesses. Uh, but the one thing I didn't do in, until 2010 was start blogging. And that would be the one thing that I would do differently. I would have started blogging way sooner uh, from a, a CEO of this business perspective um, because I think I would have been a provide you know some really really good, good quality content and insights and 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 a little bit of thought leadership in general within my space and my industry so i would have started blogging way sooner and is it essential to have a content calendar or can you simply just sit down once a week and just write something whatever comes to mind i think some people need a calendar they need a schedule some people don't uh, you know, you look at some bloggers like Seth Godin, Chris Brogan, you know, these guys blogging almost every day, uh, but they're short blog posts, sometimes just a paragraph, sometimes three or four paragraphs. Um, and I'm pretty sure they probably don't have a schedule in place. They might have a time every day where they sit and write. Um, but, you know, other people really need to have a calendar in place where, you know, this is the piece of content we're going to create. It needs to be created by this day so we can go live on this day. And if that's what you need, then put it in place. Because if you don't, the chances are it won't get done and won't go live. The this or that round. Okay, this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Good gosh, I'm bracing myself. Go on, (laughs) let's do it. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Global. Uh, it wasn't as difficult as you thought it was going to be. No, I, I wasn't. I didn't even break out into a sweat. I was genuinely worried for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind to me. That was good. The $10,000 question. Okay, well, taking us straight on to $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it all um, just um, over the next couple of days, uh, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I would hire a graphic designer to develop a brand Uh, logo, colors, fonts, that sort of type of thing. I would then uh, get that person to put together a website. I would then pay a developer to make sure that that website was fully responsive because I don't know about the rest of the guys tuning in, but currently 38% of my uh, traffic to my site comes from mobile devices, which is a huge percentage. Uh, And I would then focus on creating content that was uh, really genuinely answering questions and solving problems on a one topic at a time basis. Uh, and then I would pay, I would take whatever money's left over 
slam it in the Facebook adverts and drive traffic and conversions. Okay, so you're talking about creating another brand completely from scratch then? Yeah, I would. Because um, I think, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't necessarily do that right this second. But I think if, 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 I, if I was starting, say, from scratch, if I didn't have chrisducker.com already up and running mm. um, and, and, you know, that was what I needed to achieve and I had that kind of money to do it, um, that, would be what I, that would be the plan of attack that I would take. The most important thing is have your um, website, have your, your your home online. Don't try and, and do business without a, a significant, uh, well-worked-out yeah. um, WordPress power. Yeah, you've got to have a hub. You know, you need a hub. Um, it's all very well having, you know, 500,000 YouTube yeah. subscribers or, you know, having you know, 10,000 people a, a day downloading a podcast or you know, 100,000 followers on Twitter or Facebook or something. But any of those sites could be shut down overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're, you're building on rented land, uh, to use a, a popular colloquialism. And I I really, um, I'm not a big fan of that. I use all of those platforms, but my hub is where I am 100% in control. And so I would certainly focus in on creating my own home and then making sure that, you know, with every passing visitor that I was looking to become their favorite, the favorite whatever, favorite, you know, podcaster, favorite blogger, favorite video guy, you know, whatever the case may be, favorite tweeter, it wouldn't matter. You just got to try and become somebody's favorite. Everybody should be trying to do that. And is it essential to have the primary call to action to build your email list? Yeah, I mean, you heard those answers. I mean, I think I must have answered the email to those questions just now yeah. three, four times. Um, you, you know, you, you're, the success of your online business is directly, and I mean directly, attached to your email list. And, and you don't need to have a huge list. You just need to have a good quality engaged list. And you need to be able to you know, converse with that list properly and find out what people are struggling with so that you can provide solutions to them for those struggles. And ultimately, they're going to be more and more happy uh, to part with money to pay for them. Simple as that. My number one takeaway. Well, Chris, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I think what they need to do is sit down and work out whether or not the personal brand is what they really want long term. You know, going going into this, you've got to understand that this is not something that you can do for a year. This is your name. This is your reputation. Remember what I said? Your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not around. And it's it can't just come and go. You've got to commit to building a personal brand. You can't start a website and then never update it. Uh, you know, it's important to truly do it if it's the right move for you right now. So I would sit down and work out, is this what I want to do? If it's not, then that's fine as well. You know, Focus on building your business and maybe you have a blog on your business website, whatever the case may be. A perfect example is the Virgin Group with Richard's blog. You know, you've got Richard Branson blogging on there quite regularly as the CEO, but he doesn't do it at richardbranson.com. He does it at virgin.com slash Richard, right? There's a, there's a difference. So I think really figure out if this is what you want to do and if it is, Go ahead and, you know, run with it 180 miles an hour until you build out your hub and start creating the content and serving that audience. And if it's not, then stick with what you're already doing. That's fine. Just don't stress yourself out too much. 
Wonderful. Well, a lot of great advice there. So that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, and uh, welcome to the Digital Marketing Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? They can just pop out at chrisdacker.com. Uh, that is my hub. That's where I do all my bits and pieces online. Or they can follow me on Twitter at Chris Ducker. Simple as that. And thank you very much again. Well, and uh, dear listener, um, thank you as well. So um, take care and we'll um, catch up soon. So um, bye for now. Digital Marketing Radio.